Hey, Josh and Ned, This is Tiffany from Memphis. I'm loving the podcast. I just had a few brief thoughts on last night's episode the first time. First, this episode was a little painful to watch. Ben shooting Rachel down, Blaine drums in the back of Kurt's car, and anything with Sebastian. The world was killed uptown girl. Blaine needs to stay to kill his only to give those other guys a chance to sing. Rachel and Ben get sex advice in the strangest places. It's about time that Beast got some action, but they have to name him Cooter. I really like the instrumental riff for the piano that they played whenever someone mentioned sexy time. Can we please get Blaine some pants at this? There are sexy librarians at Dalton now. Sweet. My teen senior is a super douche. Enough said. There's something really sweet and kind of awkward about the scene with Kurt and Blaine on the stage. Is this kind of one of Damien's seven episodes? Because if it does, he kind of got shafted. And I love the fact that Lana has a gay bar named Scandals, but now that Crossy is a different school, does that mean we won't see him anymore? I'm not a creeper, so I don't need to see teen to get it on, but I kind of expect a little bit more from the sex scene. All in all, a decent episode, but it's still missing the magic. And Kurt's no gay bar superstar while Blaine gets under his layers. On Glee! Thanks, guys. Support the podcast. Good afternoon, Ed. Good afternoon, Josh. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. We opened up there with... Uh, we really don't have to do the show anymore. That just, was uh, awesome. Can I just save us a minute? Like, awesome. <laughs> no more show. Uh, welcome to the Gleeful Podcast. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com. On Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Pinnell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward G. Ordano got lots of voicemails to play tonight and we have an episode to discuss entitled the first time which will be fun to get into a lot of people seem to like this episode people were people were down with this one um and it was kind of unique which we will get into no no sue shoe had one line uh we got to see the warblers minus blaine's performances uh so it was a little different as we will find out. Uh, Ed, what did you think of the first time? I thought it was good. Um, it felt... It was, it was like, different and exciting. It didn't have things that I would classically say as... That would be, like, the classical Great Glee episode. But it was still it was still a Great Glee episode. It just wasn't a classically great... It, it was, it's non-canon or something. Interesting. Uh, Jennifer, what did you think of Glee of the first time? I really liked it. I I can't really put my finger on what they did to the pacing of it. Uh, maybe it was the way they had songs being performed as as stuff was hap- stuff was being played out elsewhere. Um, just the, the the way they told the story and kind of went through the episode. I really really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun, and you know. I think it was like 45 minutes in before we before I noticed that Mr. Shu wasn't there and I think the way that they were handling everybody's storyline in in the time frame was really great. 
Yeah, it was interesting that we didn't have so much shoe, and that really drew the the uh, attention onto the kids. And of the adults we had, it was kind of the lesser seen adults, like Beast, uh, which is you know one we're not as accustomed to. Um, and uh, you know, it was also interesting that uh, we've complained about this season. If there's any, you know, the, even if the plots are better, the songs seem to be a little less um, important this season you know I, I, the, the songs have been less memorable but at the same time in this episode I, I agree that for the most part the songs were less memorable I think I could take or leave that Warbler's number um, for the most part I could just leave it but they were still integrated into the plot I mean the cutting to the sequences of uh, of West Side Story it really worked. Everything felt very seamless and integrated. And there wasn't that moment where they said, okay, now we're going to try to get a radio hit. You know, now we're going to try to get a top 10 single. Um, so I really appreciated that aspect of it. Yeah. And actually there was something that I really liked that we hadn't seen in a long while. It was a lot of those like really quick one liners that, you know, seem like throwaway things, but you, you, you know, we had, we had to rewind and to catch them and they were hysterical yeah there were a couple great lines in this one uh my favorite which i listened to about four times was when you know when rachel said uh uh, i've never had fake meat that tasted so much like real meat he said oh yes because you're a vegan which i know you or which i know which i know because we spent a lot of time together because we know each other so well (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was like oh that's awesome uh it just kept watching that he had a perfect delivery on that one (laughs) oh yeah there were some really great ones uh ed did you have a favorite moment in the episode favorite moment uh so he just watched it like right before this uh i don't don't know like no not 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 particularly because that but that's that's what made it that's what makes it atypical is like it's so well if i did have a favorite moment mm, Artie's Artie's little monologue. Oh, Tina's monologue. I was like, it only took you three seasons. You finally got a monologue. Good for you, Tina. Yeah, we had some interesting stuff uh, with Tina's monologue. And then, you know, characters that kind of got some screen time. It's been a while since Artie was that in the mix of things. And uh, uh, a while, you know, we've never really had a, a solid Tina um, yeah. monologue. Uh, we this is more. I, I don't know about depth than we've had in Coach Beast, but Coach Beast wasn't there to talk about anybody else. She was just kind of there to talk about Coach Beast. Yeah, I mean, they did a little bit, you know, in that other episode when you know she'd never been kissed. But the way the the fact that you know her storyline kind of paralleled what some of the other kids were going through, it was kind of neat to to give that some attention and yeah. and, and treat her like a real character. Now, we opened up with Uptown Girl, which kind of kicks off the conversation of Kurt and Blaine in this episode. Uh, a little bit of a trouble in paradise. Sebastian, when Blaine went back to see the Warblers, he met Sebastian, who he said, described Blaine as, uh, what was it, sex on a cracker in the voice of an angel, something so like this. Like yeah. uh, it was pretty hilarious. We met Sebastian, who kind of threw a wrench into their world. Um, I kind of thought... Sebastian was annoying though I didn't think he could act that well I I hated his singing voice Um, I mean I could see what they were going for they were kind of going for like the third gay male archetype to kind of complete the triumvirate uh, of the three of them I mean he was so twinky but I I don't know I just kind of 
I didn't really care for Sebastian, I, but but I, I liked what he did in the scene. You know, I liked the the presence that he brought. Uh, Ed, any feelings on Sebastian? I love Sebastian. <laughs> I love everything about Sebastian, like for real. And I was just like, I was like, maybe maybe they shouldn't be together because I'm Team Sebastian now. What really? Why? Because, well, because because I, I like Sebastian. <laughs> he's a little evil. He's a little he's a little cocky. He goes for what he wants. And 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 he has my attention. Oh, so it's because uh, b- b- you liked Sebastian. Like, or you liked the actor, the, the actor playing Sebastian. Oh, yeah, but, okay, <laughs> yes, that is my motivation. But if you're telling me that that motivation is any more logical than many people, people then you're probably, <laughs> probably, okay so so yeah i i i'm team sebastian and blaine whatever <laughs> really i i like like i mean blanastian would, would, would i be would i feel bad for kurt marginally but just marginally because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm loving on sub, sex on a stick oh so true sex on a stick and sings like a dream that's what i was trying to say about, about sebastian f that f blaine <laughs> I just yeah, thought, wait, let's just, oh, you know what blaine and kirk can stay together because sebastian needs to be my boyfriend I, <laughs> see, I don't think blaine I don't, i'm sorry i take that back i don't think sebastian really wants to be anybody's boyfriend for more than a half hour I think, I think take, he's a lot I'll of fun. <laughs> I think he's adorable. I think he's, you know, this this great free spirit and you Play know, with Sebastian? Yeah. Interesting. I, think, I I think he's a lot of fun, but I don't I wouldn't want to see him in a him in a relationship with anybody that we care about. So because I it's mean, not like that type of thing. But I think you're right. Like what he did in the show, like he kind of, you know, stirred the pot a little bit, got them a little you know, got yeah. Blaine hot and bothered and uh, kind of just awakened something in them. So I think for that, I, I really liked it. Now, you make a good point. Uh, he did get Blaine hot and bothered where we actually saw a, a crack in, you know, perfect Blaine Warbler. Like to see him kind of <laughs> be an idiot. Uh, I didn't buy for a second that he was that drunk off one beer. Oh I thought that God. was kind of a throwaway joke that didn't need to even be there. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, we actually got to see Blaine kind of be an ass for once. And, and I couldn't argue with that, you know. Well, I, okay, what do you mean? Like, I don't know. I feel like I just watched this, which I just did. What do you, <laughs> what, can you expand upon the assholeness? I was just like, I thought he was just caught up in the moment. It's and. Cat. Well, I mean, yeah, he he'd had a, you know, he'd had a beer. Uh, he was caught up in the moment, but he also was being very insensitive. I mean, you know, here he is like, you know, 24 hours earlier saying or not even that much. But yeah, saying, you know, I want this to be special. And after he makes that awesome Roxy music reference, by the way, but um, <laughs> it, trying to say like he wants it to be special and, and, you know, he wants them to both be comfortable. And then 24 hours later, he's like, hey, I'm drunk. How about in the backseat of my car in this crowded parking lot outside of a lousy bar? Um, it was, Scandals, you know, not a lousy bar. <laughs> <laughs> Scandals. I don't know. To me, I felt that it was very, uh, uh, that it was very insensitive. Jennifer, what did you think? I, I mean, yes, insensitive, but I think, um, again, kind of worked up and caught up in the moment. He, he didn't act perfectly and wasn't completely on guard. So, I mean, we've all had those moments. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not... 
you know, not saying it was fun to watch or, you know, I don't think that's his character. I don't think that's a character trait for him. I think it was just a, you know, in the moment, being stupid, being kind of reckless. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But, it, you know, I mean, it was just nice that he didn't, uh, that, that he wasn't so perfect. You know, right. <laughs> it was nice to just see him not so perfect. Uh, but yeah, we we did get to meet Sebastian. Now this happened. Uh, we got a voicemail from someone, so we should probably uh, take a listen to this. Yeah, hey, this is Chaz Donaldsworth. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, I lost my ID and uh, was watching television last night, and it looks like it turned up somewhere in Ohio uh, in the hands of Kurt Hummel. And uh, you'd be surprised how hard it is to get out to Ohio uh, from Hawaii without a driver's license. Uh, so uh, I finally made it across the ocean, Pacific Ocean, and now I'm backpacking my way to Ohio. But if anybody can help me out uh, in getting my ID back uh, from Kurt Hummel uh, or Sebastian or, or, uh, or Blaine, whoever might have it now, um, they can uh, hit me up on Twitter at CHZ Donaldsworth. Um, hopefully somebody out there can help. So anyway, that happened. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it was kind of funny that the look on that, uh, on the bouncer's face was priceless. For some oh, reason, yeah. it was so charming. Him just being like, oh, just go inside. <laughs> just go away. Now, I've gotten that look a few times using fake IDs. We, I have to say, and I made this comment during the show, on a show with increasingly middling acting and... I can defend that statement, which I'm sure somebody's going to be like, what, you're crazy. Let's be honest. Like, as we've been putting the weight on actors that are more singers and dancers than actual actors, the quality of the acting on Glee has gone down a little bit. That said, Max Adler and that scene at the bar, that was phenomenal. Like, that one scene, he was so good. And I was just... I mean, I want him on the show all the time. Like, he is so fantastic. Just just for his sheer ability as a as an actor. I just love when he's on camera and I think he brings such a unique dynamic. That scene was just perfection for me. And it was great to have Karofsky back. I mean, that energy is just a different perspective on this show. I really was excited to see him back. Jennifer? Yeah, I was kind of surprised. Usually I you know, not that I, I seek out spoilers or anything like that, but I, I kind of figured, you know, that would have been out there somehow. But um, but that was a it was a nice surprise. I um, it's nice to see them be adults outside of school and and not have like that crazy pressure to to be somebody else. So. And he, uh, it was funny how he's just like, give me a beer. And the guy's like, all right. You know? yeah. uh, they call me Bear Cub. Now, Ed, maybe you have the answer on this question. When Blaine Furtz meets Sebastian and he says, hey, I don't think I've ever met you before. Are you a freshman? And Sebastian says, uh, do I look like a freshman? And my answer is, I don't know. Nobody on this show looks like a freshman. <laughs> like, what does that even mean on this show? Corey Monteith looks 30. So what do you think, Ed? Was he a freshman? And like, what, what, was, what did I miss in that conversation? Well, he's, he, well, the way he held himself, it made it imply like he wasn't. So that, I, guess, I, guess what, I guess that's what he meant. I mean, he did, I assume 
from what I gather, that he did a year in Paris somehow. Like oh, that. okay. Then, oh, yes. Just, Where he drank Covassier like mother's milk. So, so... That's yeah. that's what I assumed. Like that's what the whole conversation was about. That he did study abroad, and that's why he wasn't there when Blaine was there. So he's a sophomore. Oh, oh. big man on campus. Good, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jennifer. Yeah, I mean, like when I f- when I watched it last night for the first time, I kind of thought he was just being kind of bitchy because, like, maybe he was in the school and Blaine didn't notice him. And and maybe he was upset about that, but he probably would have been in the Warblers, or I don't know. But it was weird. it was just it was just kind of an odd odd reaction. But yeah, I think he was just sort of, you know, trying to really get Blaine's attention. Yeah, I thought the joke just kind of fell flat. I think that's what it was. Uh, before we move on from Kurt and Blaine, we did get an email from listener Aaron. Uh, oh, this is Houseaholic as well. Uh, I, I'm reading an email from Houseaholic. Uh, <laughs> she says she was pausing her TV in order to see more of Kurt's bucket list. And this is what she found. Number five, the bit about having Dewey relations with non-fat Taylor Lautner on lilacs. Number 63, Leia Rose at the birthplace of Noel Coward. Number 85, get into Juilliard. Number 86, arrive at school in a hot air balloon. Number 87 was become CEO of Logo. Number 88 was find the right combination of colognes to match my unique body chemistry. Wow. And number 89 was attend a circuit party on fire. Uh, Aaron also pointed out that during Finchel's dinner scene, they were listening to, quote, Rachel Berry's sensual mix. I saw that. (laughs) Uh, But we should. uh, That was cute. Let's take a listen. You know, we did get to see the production of um, West Side Story. West Side Story. Thank you. So let's take a listen to a song from West Side Story. The first one they performed was A Boy Like That, which I thought was kind of cool how they cut between A mm-hmm. Boy Like That and what was going on. It's kind of yeah. neat. Uh, here's a bit of a, a Boy Like That uh, with Naya Rivera and Leah Michelle on uh, lead vocals on the Gleeful Podcast. boy like that will give you sorrow you'll meet another boy tomorrow one of your own kind stick to your own kind a boy who kills cannot love a boy who kills has no heart but he's the boy who gets your love and gets your heart very smart maria very smart boy like that wants one thing only and when he's done he'll leave you lonely he'll murder your love he murdered mine just wait and see just wait maria just wait and see it isn't true not for me it's true for you not for me i hear your words and in my head i know they're smart but my heart to meet her but my heart knows so uh uh people in the chat room are correcting me i did read that wrong it was attend a circuit party on fire island which now that you say that makes so much more sense because i did watch all five seasons of queer as folk uh so anyway yes um we had the production of west side story i've seen west side story a gazillion times i'm sure you've seen at least the movie a gazillion times um i've seen the production too oh okay uh, oh well when i was a junior 
I was dating a senior, and he was in the senior musical, which was West Side Story. Uh, So, and Ed, any experience with West Side Story? This is going to come to a complete shock to you, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) But, absolutely not. But, but, I do recall uh, Tina Cohen Chang Chang doing it in season one tonight, Tonight. and in the song tonight, and Mm -hmm. also. Um, VMAs for 2009, they did tonight as well. Did they? Not? So, <laughs> who did so it? So that at is the VMAs 2009. Uh, um, they a lot of people did. It was it was Katy Perry, Cobra Starship, Neo, and Taylor Swift. It was awesomeness, in wow. my opinion. Because that doesn't sound like awesomeness at all. I'm gonna have to Google that. That sounds it was, crazy. It, 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 it's a lot of people, and it's. I think I think it came out really good. Wow. I, like I like I frequently go on YouTube and watch it again and again. Wow. So see the 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 song for me from West Side Story has always been somewhere. I just think somewhere is the greatest song. I mean, like one of the greatest songs ever written, but certainly the greatest song from West Side Story. Jennifer, do you have a favorite from West Side Story? Oh, I don't know. I kind of I like them all for different reasons i mean i love tonight um yeah somewhere i mean i think about like the when i saw it for the first time the 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 scenes or the the songs that kind of had the most impact and it was all just pretty amazing to me so yeah it's hard to it's hard to say uh i was curious if Uh, rachel i really wanted to hear rachel talk because lots of times when you do see a, a bad production or you know a production of uh, West Side Story, all of the all, all all the Puerto Rican kids will have that bad Puerto Rican accent, mm-hmm. except for Maria for whatever reason. And I don't know if it's just because Natalie Wood, you know, I think she played it without an accent, didn't she? No, she played it with an accent, but the woman um, who who sang her parts didn't. Marty Nixon. Marnie Nixon. Marnie Nixon. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I was really surprised that they made them sing with the accents. I just, I mean, it's just, okay, like, the the fact that this epi- in this episode they chose to do the songs that they did, I mean, I thought, you know, A Boy Like That was perfect for it. I think, um, you know, One one Hand, One Heart one, mm-hmm. um, was great. But the fact that they did um, In America was I was really surprised that they chose to do that one because of um, it, it made them all sing with really bad accents. <laughs> and two, it didn't it didn't showcase both sides of the groups. It didn't showcase, you know, the 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 sharks and the jets. So yeah. they then had to change the story a little bit to then make, you know, to bring the jets in. be really kind of even more antagonistic in the whole thing when they could have just done the dance sequence and shown everybody there and really had I think it was just such a missed opportunity for that. And I think I'm just thinking too much about it. But um, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, they could only hit the high, the highlights. And, and I mean, what else are they going to do? Like, you know, the America is the number everyone knows. Like w- yeah. if you were to ask a random person on the street and say, what song is from West yeah. Side Story, if they even know what you're talking about, uh, they're, they're going to say America. And, and so I, I guess I can understand. I also think it, it gave them, you know, the ability to let Santana have a solo and to, right. you know, include all, all the characters are in that number. But she did, she, you know, she did sing a couple, 
you know, a few times with with Rachel. So mm-hmm. yeah. True. Anyhow. Yeah. You never know. It was it was fun. I thought I still, they had I like the uh, red and black yeah. outfits. They they just did a really great job, you know, bringing it all together and and we saw Damien with his accent worse than all the other accents. Oh my god. <laughs> Which was funny. Do we now Irish trying to do an American doing a Puerto Rican accent. It was bad. <laughs> we had several people comment uh in, in, on Twitter that we hope that they hope this isn't one of Damien's seven episodes. Right. <laughs> like isn't part of his arc. I think we can pretty much guarantee that it is. Uh you yeah, know, I'm if, pretty sure it is. If he gets a paycheck, it counts as an episode. He and he got a, a paycheck. He had a line. It wasn't his line. Um so yeah, I think we can pretty much be assured <laughs> this was included. I don't even remember oh so I, I must have not noticed because I was discussing other things while watching. Oh, so he what, just had so it. What, at so the... He was like he was in he was in the West Side Story. Yes. Yeah, he just had a line. Uh, yeah, he came. You came with your mouth open. Is what he's he came with your mouth open. Uh, which Jenner, you said in the stage production, that's actually legs legs open. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they probably. <laughs> I changed think it. actually it might be in the movie. In a, oh, they've changed it for the movie. Maybe. No, maybe it was that in the movie. No. I just in my high school production, it was mouth open or something else. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't legs. Not in a Catholic high school. I do love that we got to see Kurt in his Officer Krupke outfit, but I really <laughs> wanted to see Kurt as Officer Krupke. The mental picture of that to me, like Kurt doing, you know, the Officer Krupke number, doing the tough that wise guy, hilarious in my head. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see that so bad. <laughs> Uh, we got lots of stuff with Artie in this episode because he directed the play. And Artie, um, he had that really cool monologue at the beginning of the episode where he was talking about how he'd finally found his um, his calling, which was bossing people around. <laughs> um, and But I, I liked his whole concept of like, it, it made him feel, you know, like he belonged somewhere. Like it was something he could do where he, no one had to concede to him and he couldn't, you know, you'd think like... Nobody had to help. Yeah, nobody had to help him. Like, excuse me, they didn't have to like specialize the choreography for him. You know, it was something he could do unequivocally. I really like that. At the same time though, he's kind of been directing for three seasons. Like he did direct videos and he directed Vogue, the Vogue video in season one. Um, but it was neat to see, you know, a little bit of depth from Artie yeah. and, uh, and that, um, that total Bill Cosby sweater he was wearing at the beginning was pretty hilarious. <laughs> He's got some really odd, odd ensembles. It's like they raided somebody's grandfather's closet. <laughs> I love that he has the, the, uh, the gloves when he raises the glove to high five yeah. puck. That was fantastic. Um, so R- Rachel's dress was hilarious. There's no question when she came out with the dress with the giant uh, flowers oh on gosh. it. And he was like, yes, that's the one. <laughs> She's yes. like, really? Totally awesome. Now, everyone in the chat room, on the email, yada, yada, they're all talking about the two most uncomfortable moments in the show. Rachel asking, uh, or I'm sorry, Artie asking Rachel and Blaine to have sex or telling that, or, you know, kind of the way he, he said it, like, it, you know, how can you act it if you haven't done it? And then the other one being him discussing Beast's love life <laughs> with Beast. Um, let's go ahead and start with the first one. At the beginning of the episode, kind of the catalyst for what is to come is Rachel and Blaine singing uh, Tonight, was it? Which one was it? Yeah. Uh, and then already saying, you know, there's no heat here. 
because you don't uh, you, you you haven't experienced the sexual awakening that you are singing about. Um, and people saying that that's kind of a, an awkward and strange request. Uh, Jennifer, how did it strike you that that whole catalyst? Well, I thought it was I thought it was awkward, but only because in the actual scene that they were playing out, they these two people hadn't actually done it yet. So it was actually about, you know, the 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 promise of this and the passion of impending sexual relations. So so I don't understand why the fact that they hadn't actually done it was an issue because if anything they should be pretty um they should have a lot of pent up uh frustrations and um sexual tension <laughs> to begin with. So I didn't understand why that was the issue. That's my only problem with it. Ed, how did you feel about Artie's request? When I when I was because I already because I knew what the whole show was about with the first time et cetera et cetera, and when I was watching with Dita, I was like, really, is this really how this topic is coming up? Like, is this like that? That was literally my reaction. I was like, really. So so I guess I was like, I was I don't know. Was I frustrated? I don't know. It's just it was just it's like. I, in disbelief, like this is really <laughs> how they're gonna they're gonna push this to happen. Like this is the best way you could come up with to to get people to consider yeah, having to sex for the first time. <laughs> they're in high school; <laughs> they're thinking about it. That <laughs> was, I mean, that was one thing. Yeah, it was kind of funny that like this even needed that they needed an excuse to bring it up. I mean, it is high school at the end of the day. <laughs> but I don't know. I like if it was Mr. Schuster saying it, I think it would have been creepy. You know, oh. but the fact that it was already saying it, like I've had directors ask me to do worse. I mean, <laughs> like, like uh, just to get the part. No, I'm joking. Um, but no, except I mean, for he's not. Except for he's not. He just said that I'm just joking, so he doesn't get sued. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, yeah, like we've had, I've had directors, you know, like say like, oh, you should get drunk or, or like tell me and a co-star to go make out to like get past the awkwardness, you know? So like, I've definitely, these are things that like actors do, you know, like these are things that like actors have to experience life so that they know how to recreate it. I, I, I mean, I guess that didn't really, that didn't really bother me as much. And because he was their age. It didn't mm-hmm. really yeah. bother me as much. I mean, it just seemed like, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, it didn't yeah. really bother me at all. But I know a lot of people were kind of, uh, uh, a, a lot of people seemed kind of raised up about that. The other one, of course, him having the conversation with Beast about her love life. Um, it, for me, it didn't strike me as particularly awkward in as much as like this show has done worse, <laughs> like this show has demonstrated that no one has any boundaries. Yeah, and so I guess it didn't really get to me uh, at all. Jennifer, what it, did that get to you at all? No, I thought it was. I mean, I thought it was sweet. Although it's you know like both she and Emma ran off, so I don't know why he he chose to address one person's issues about you know, sex and not the other. But I thought it was sweet. I mean, I. I adore her. I adore her character, and I really, um, it, it it didn't. Yeah, maybe it seemed a little forced and maybe a little implausible, but I didn't have a problem with it because I liked where they were going with it. That's all. Yeah, I don't know, Ed. How did you feel about uh, uh, about Beast and Artie? I was. I don't know. I wasn't uncomfortable or anything. I thought it, I thought it was very, 
nice of Artie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. Well, I, at first, when, when Artie's like, "Oh, you haven't like you haven't had sex," he was in all disbelief. I'm like, "Um, just last season, she got kissed for the first time. Exactly. Where have you been? <laughs> yeah. Are you supposed to be self-aware? Come yeah. on." Like, you just have, like, some kind of omnipotent uh, view of, like, everything. You just, like, know it because you were watching the show by for some reason. Um, <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah. I, I thought I thought it was awkward that he didn't know. That that was that was my surprise. Uh, <laughs> Economist153 in the chat room says, I'm surprised Will didn't ask them about having sex. He does all the awkward sexually. Su- <laughs> he does all the other awkward sexually suggestive things. Uh, yes. <laughs> Will in this episode? Will had one line. He had one line while watching the play with Emma. Um, Because he's not the director, and this is not just New Directions. This is the entire school and the production. Um, Which got put together quicker than a whole election. (laughs) Seriously. Seriously. Well, see, that's why this episode was so non-traditional, and the musical numbers were still just good, not great. I don't know. Mm. They, They had essence of great, but it was just good. Uh, you you reminded me of something really funny, Jennifer. One of my favorite moments in the show was after they sing tonight, and uh, uh, they the, um, Beast is crying, and mm-hmm. Darren or Blaine says, "Are you going to cry after every song?" And she says, "I'm such a girl." <laughs> it was so good. Which I guess they talked yeah. about that a lot at um, at Comic Con. Yeah. How like she is a total crier. She's yeah. just one of those people that will just oh, yeah, lose that's, it. That's her. By nature, yeah. Yeah, considering I sobbed at the end of Bring It On the Musical last week, I can sympathize. Uh, so it was, I, I think it was funny, the whole like Artie Beast thing. I'm fascinated how different people who watch Glee kind of draw the line at which what's believable and what's not. Like every one of us has, a, has that line in a slightly different place of what's believable and what's not. Because at the end of the day, like these are kids who break out into song occasionally, yeah. and yet we'll still see something. And I'm, you know, I'm not saying like you guys. I'm saying all of us, me especially, I'll still say see something and be like, oh, that's totally unbelievable. And yeah. then in the next scene, when they break out into song, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Oh, yeah, it, he it's just happened to have his guitar how. with him in Spanish class. And... Exactly, it's oh, right, wild then. how the show is kind of like that. I guess yeah. all TV is kind of like yeah. that in a way. Um, well, let's go ahead and take a listen to tonight, uh, the Leah Michelle and Darren Chris duet from West Side Story here on the Gleeful Podcast. It all began tonight. I saw you and the world went away. Tonight, tonight, there's only you tonight. Jen's uh, running back, and, and when she gets back, I'll ask her what she thought of tonight. Um, but Ed, how did you feel about tonight? 
Um, it was one of the songs that I knew, so therefore, <laughs> it was probably one of the, it was it was I I would say it's probably my fav- favorite musical number of the night. Um, I did like Santana's numbers too, some of them, but um, I don't know. It was, it was good. It was good. It was yeah. It was just good. Not I feel like a lot of these this whole first five episodes, you know, in some on some of the soundtracks episodes only get like one song on the soundtrack. Yeah. I feel like there could be three songs for these past five episodes on the soundtrack. Like, mm-hmm. is their goal to have so many immemorable songs that when when the season is said and done, they could put out just one volume, volume seven, and people would be satisfied with the 17th track because they're like, yeah, those were the only ones that were worth our time. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that their goal? <laughs> it's funny how I, I have an eye on the chat room. And uh, all I'm going to say is uh, the chat room does not allow you to use dirty words. Like, it doesn't even allow you to use the word sex or the word damn. However, the chat room between uh, a couple of our listeners is absolutely filthy right now. <laughs> like, it's wow. kind of crazy. Anyway, uh, looking at you, Mike. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, it, it's... Um, I actually had exactly the same complaint that Artie had in this. For some reason, when I was listening to them sing it together, it felt like they were doing, they were like recording it at different times, which they probably did. Let's be honest. Like they weren't actually singing it in the same room when they recorded it. But yeah, I actually felt it was really disjointed. I didn't feel there was any real communication between the two I of agree. Them. I agree. I felt that too. It was like, hold on. Like you're singing it together. Are you? Are you? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was totally capable. They're really, really fantastic performers. But yeah, there was no passion. There was no chemistry. There was no connection. Anything like that. So well, see, that's why that's why uh, already had to bring it up. Right. But again, I, like to me, the issue isn't that they haven't done it, so they don't know what it feels like. To me, it's like, well, they both haven't done it, and neither have these characters. So they should totally just be like wanting it. Like, there was more passion between them when, you know, Rachel had that party and they did, you know. <laughs> and they did Don't You Want Don't Me, Baby. You yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. There was kind of a lack of passion. And it could have just been that, you know, when they recorded it in the recording studio, they weren't there at the same time. I, I think or that's a safe assumption. it could be intentional and that's why they wanted it. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, but... It was a, there was definitely that aspect of it. That said, when they did One Hand, One Heart at the end, I thought that there was much more of that connection, which I guess that is, fits with the plot and could have been totally intentional. I also have a kind of a problem with Darren Criss doing Broadway ballads, like of this style. He doesn't strike me as quite the right voice for it. He's so much more of a pop star. Like he's got mm. that perfect pop voice and look and style when he does something like this it's kind of like when you watch Liam Michelle do a pop song and you're like this is good but uh you know it's not quite uh not it, feeling it yeah I'm not quite feeling it it was kind of like you exactly a modern example of a solo male artist that fits Blaine's description solo male artist that fits Blaine's description Yes, like, cause I, cause you say you say he's like a you, you say he's like a pop artist, but I don't I don't know what. Well, I'm, I mean, if you just look at like the songs he's been really successful doing with the Warblers, they were all kind of you know like the Maroon Five song, like when I get you alone, like, uh, you know that that kind of like 
he he seems really good in that kind of soul like neo soul slash pop vein and and that's always where i've liked his style the most um and, uh, and and so then to put him in something like this with the much much grander kind of Broadway sensibility for me it just didn't work as well. Uh, I I like it much more when he's got a bit of the soul, a bit of more uh, a bit more fun to it. Where this is all about you know pageantry and pathos, which is you know where Leah Michelle like lives, breathes, and and uh, cuddles up at night. So that was just for me. But uh, Ed, did you did you disagree? Uh I was just I was just asking. Oh. I was I was just, I just was wanting clarification. Well, we did get uh the first time just as we got from Clayne, we got it from Finchel as well. And uh sorry typo, but I do love me some Finchel. And uh I thought that Corey was great in this episode. His scene at the in front of the fireplace at the end when he like where he realized that the recruiter wasn't interested in him. I mean, that may just be setting up next season uh where he ends up having to go to New York to follow the other kids, but I I really liked Corey in this episode. I thought he did some great stuff and I loved that plot line where you know, somebody the future's not going to go well for someone. You know, it was like when when Leah was saying to him, like, or when Rachel was saying to him, all our dreams are coming true. And I'm thinking about myself at that age where I never would have said that, like in a million years when I was 18, what I ever would have said, oh, my dreams are coming true. Um, It was what if they were? Would you say it then? uh, Well, I don't know, because they didn't. Uh, (laughs) But it would it would have been like, I didn't even know what they were at that age, you know? Oh, I did. Oh, there you go. It was just like, yeah, I, I just thought it was a great moment for for uh, Corey and for Finn, like a really a really pure moment. Jennifer, how did you feel about Finn and Finchel in this one? I thought, I thought, yeah, I mean, I agree. I liked that it was a, a dose of reality that you don't always see, and it's not just is not just a uh, like a momentary hurdle. Like this is something that is going to redefine his future. Yeah. So I do like that there is some actual consequence here to, you know, somebody's existence and, you know, actual disruption. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad that it's him because I really like him, but um, I thought I, I, I thought it was a little weird. I mean, I still think it was really well done, but I thought it was a little weird that, like, he initially wouldn't have sex with Rachel because... You know, even though she said that she loved him and, you know, they were ready um, and it was, you know, going to be as she had hoped it to be. But because it was just going to be for a role. But then yet he was OK when, you know, he was upset and he <laughs> needed a little cheering up and, and he didn't have a problem with it then. I don't know. I just like I didn't think I think to me that was would have been like a bigger thing to have <laughs> hanging over your head while you're doing it for the first time. But. So well, you're saying like first time, yeah. you're saying uh, uh, you it, it would have been better to go for the you know like for a reason than for the pity. Yeah, it kind of felt like at the end. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. But I think that they the way that they handled it, and you know, I, I we didn't talk about this at the top of the show. I thought we probably would, but um, apparently there are you know some parent parent groups out there that are really upset about how glee is glorifying sex and encouraging teenagers to have sex and i just think 
of all the episodes we've seen over the last two and a half years, this was the most responsible one yeah. surrounding sex as opposed to, I mean, we kicked off the season with, uh, and we kicked off the entire series with, uh, you know, an unwanted pregnancy. <laughs> and, you know, they talk about, you know, Brittany having sex with everybody and, um, you know, Puck. And then, you know, the whole Madonna episode, how it was just like, hey, you know what, fine, we'll do it, we'll do it. We'll, you know, no big deal. In this episode, they actually talk about you know, you know, each of the couples are openly talking about sex together and, you know, how they feel about it and what their expectations are of it. They, everybody's talking about using protection and, and seeking out forms of protection. Yeah. And, and they're, they're both talking about how they want it to be special with somebody that they love. So I'm like, you know, I don't understand why people are getting so upset because this is like the first time that they've actually presented something in a, in a relatively responsible way well the thing to remember is that everybody who was getting upset they were getting upset like on monday so they hadn't even seen the episode yet but they were getting upset which i think is a big thing but the the trailer was a lot more racy the trailer was much more racy than the show (laughs) turned out to be yeah i think the other thing too is that um uh there's more there's there's more irresponsible teen sex in a promo for Gossip Girl than there was <laughs> in this entire episode. Yeah. Uh, and the, the episode was rated TV 14, so they yeah. did bump it. Um, and they did add think, the S. Yeah. In their, I in their think that we've, yeah, I definitely think that at the end of the day, um, actually, uh, let's let, uh, let's let listener Betsy say what I'm about to say. Hey, Josh, Jen, and Ed. It's Betsy from Salem, Massachusetts. So I'm sure you're getting tons of voicemails this week. Uh, when the episode started, I totally thought we were going to get another Blame It on the Alcohol episode because, you know, sending a message but not really sending a message. And I actually thought they did it really well. I thought that they did a great job on this episode. I uh, And actually possibly the best episode so far of season three, in my opinion, um, I thought that they touched on everything really well, and I just thought that everything was done really, really well. And interestingly enough, it's the first episode where I thought that the plot was actually ahead of the music. I mean, the music was wonderful, but it, it was all about the plot and about the plot line of the show and driving the story. And, um, you know, I, I think that I give them a lot of credit for that. For And... Though Naya Rivera was amazing and she was incredible. So, hope you have a great week. Great episode. Awesome podcast. Been listening forever. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you very much, Betsy. And we're about to lose... Oh, Jennifer. Yeah, I, you're right. She, she, she just summarized it perfectly. That was, that was awesome. Uh, we are actually about to lose Jennifer. Uh, she has to run out Farewell. to her art, her art workshop. So, yes. good night. And... Uh, so, but I'll throw it up to Ed. Uh, good night. Yeah. Good night. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to Ed. Uh, what did you think of Finchel in this episode? It, well, I thought it was nice to see them happy, but like they were they were fighting, but they weren't fighting because they were actually breaking up or anything. It was like legitimate stuff, and I thought Finn was. I think at first Rachel wanted to sleep with him, and Finn was like, you know, that's not it's not. Because of it's not the right reason, so we shouldn't do it. And then I thought it, I thought by the end it was good. I was I was satisfied, <laughs> as was Finn. So um, let's go ahead and take a couple three word reviews. Hey, this is Sarah and Caitlin. 
Damien's Spanish accent. And then my favorite words are my favorite part of the episode because I couldn't think of anything else. So mine is was Santana singing America. Bye! Hi, Josh, Jen, and Ed. This is listener Audrey from Iowa, where kids driving tractors to school is a regular occurrence. I just finished watching tonight's episode after I got home from dance practice, and I thought I'd give you guys a call to let you know what I thought about it. It's so hard for me to review this episode in three words because I had so many feelings about it, but I'm going to give it a shot. My three-word review is first season quality. I love the show. Keep up the great work. Thanks. Bye. And uh, one more. This is listener Stephanie in Virginia. Hi, this is Stephanie from Virginia, and I just wanted to talk about first time. Um, it was really good. I liked how they handled everything um, with the gay sex and the teen sex. That was, I think they did it well, especially for Kurt and Rachel, because they're pretty much main characters on the show, and it's always been a big deal that they're virgins and everything. So I thought it was good. Um, I also mentioned that there's no Sue, which I kind of missed. I mean, normally she doesn't have big, long plot lines, but I like their little, like, throwaways. But there's no shoe, probably because there was no shoe, really. There was, like, no shoe, um, which probably could have been incorporated in it somehow with Emma because she's a virgin, too, and all that. Um, also, there was no choir room scene, which is kind of weird. Like, there's always, at least in the beginning, one scene and they're all sitting in the choir room. There's none of that in this episode, which is a nice relief, I think. Um, also, I would be totally happy and fine if they just did West Side Story. Like, just, like, the whole... Like, just perform it, put on TV, I don't care, whatever. Because I just feel like it's perfect. Like, I think Puck is the perfect Bernardo, except for that terrible accent. Like, that was terrible. <laughs> but I think Puck's a great Bernardo. Obviously, Santana's a great Anita. I just think everybody's perfect. So oh, I'd be so happy if they just did West Side Story for real for us to watch. It'd be amazing. And um, one last thing I noticed, right before Finn and Rachel have sex, um, he says, Bert and Carol left or whatever, and I thought that was hilarious, because who calls their mother, I mean, he never calls his mother by his first name, error, continuity error, so anyway, um, that's all I had to say, that last part was kind of like nitpicky, but you know, I noticed it, and I thought it was funny, um, other than that, it was great, and I can't wait to hear your opinions, all right, bye. That is a good point. He called his mother Carol. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> I feel like I didn't do justice this episode watching it so haphazardly and fast. I feel like I missed so much. Well, you I'm can, uh, you know, watch it again. Uh, I'm not, I, I will. I will watch it again, and then I will. I'm sure we'll have infinite time in our break in the cosmos of ho- the holidays to discuss it, and I will make it up to you all with a detailed opinion about about every everything. Everything. Currently, <laughs> currently I'm like not very opinionated. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's about. Um... I, I I think we hit on everything, Ed. Did we forget anything? Like I know. <laughs> yes, uh, I think we definitely touched everything to some form of adequacy. Uh, yes, uh, listener Clark says, is it a big thing to lose your virginity in the States or something? In the States, it is kind of a thing. Yes, uh, you just have to watch like, you know, it took like, what, four seasons of 902 and 0 before someone had sex. Uh, and then, of course, it was Don. Or no, it was uh, Shannon Doherty, and it was a thing. I thought uh, Shannon Doherty only made it like three seasons on that show. It was. A, I remember it was a big deal on that show. It is always a big thing. I remember when uh, um, 
uh, I remember when Doogie Howser had sex. That was a big deal. Uh, I watched that episode the night my baby brother was born, which is a really random memory. Uh, yes. I remember when Rory Gilmore had sex for the first time. Oh, oh, that was, oh, that was, I felt, I felt dirty afterwards. There's always been these, you know, on shows about teenagers, there's always been the lose your virginity episode. And uh, in one way or another, oh, remember, I think it was when Six lost her virginity. I remember it being really traumatic on Blossom. Uh, so <laughs> Cranzy85 reminded me of the scene in uh, uh, in Kurt's bedroom. or I, th- it must, I think it was actually Blaine's bedroom where Blaine was dancing to Roxy Music. And, and he said, besides, I can't just tear your clothes off uh, because of the logistical problem. And Kurt said, you know, is it the layers? Well, yes, of course it's the layers. Uh, that was pretty hilarious. I know that that too many layers. I was thinking that would be an episode title. Oh, and we missed um, uh, Mike Chang. There was, of course, Mike Chang's. Um, uh, there, there was, of course, Mike Chang's father was in the episode. We didn't really get to see how that's going to pan out, though, because we didn't see Mike Chang's father at the show. So we might still get uh, we might still get a bit of Mike Chang's drama coming up, even though he did do the show and it was a big thing. Uh, typo was saying on the facts of life when Natalie had sex. That's true. And that was a big drama because they actually wanted Blair to have sex on the facts of life. And she wouldn't because the actress was a big proponent for abstinence. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that's about, uh, that's about all, all I got. Ed, did we forget anything? Um, iTunes reviews. Uh, what'd you say, Jennifer? Uh, Jennifer brought up a good point. Alien and her alien abduction first time sex. That was a little weird. Who? Who was that? So Brittany says the first time she had sex was at cheerleading camp where someone snuck into her tent. Came into her tent and she was like, it was like an alien abduction, which, yeah, that's like for, uh, uh, I mean, that's rape, right? Like that was a little weird. That was, that was a weird one. I wasn't quite sure, and it was a total throwaway. Uh, so yeah, that was a that was a bit of a weird one. Well, it'll be interesting to see how people take that one. Uh, Ed, would you like to thank any iTunes reviewers? Yes, I would like to thank Starry Raccoon and Katrina McGowan, especially Katrina because she wrote a really long one. So thank you. <laughs> Uh, everyone in the chat room is pointing out how the Warblers were wearing their blazers while watching uh, the production of West Side Story. I think it was just so that we could re- recognize them, you know? That's... Yeah, it would be like seeing Santana not in a cheerleading outfit or something. <laughs> it would just be strange, right? Uh, well, that's about it for us. Um, if you'd like to weigh in on anything we said tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the website, which is at gleeful gleefulpodcast.com. Uh, you can also find the, find us on Twitter at gleefulpodcast. I'm at Josh Brunel. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. And of course, you can find us on Facebook. Just search for Gleeful. And that's how you can talk to the other listeners. We'll be back next week to discuss the next episode, um, which is the mashup episode of season three. So that'll be fun. And we're going to get yet. Well, I don't want to spoil that, but we're going to get some stuff to talk about. Um, And that's about it. For the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and I'm Josh. She's Jen. When in doubt, the only thing you can trust is random numbers. (laughs) Good night, everyone.
It's true. That's right. Audrey in the chat room, she reminded me Twitter was like all over Blaine's bedroom. Uh, Apparently it included a fencing poster, a Zeno, a pink coat rack, a picture of Kurt. And uh, there was a lot of discussion about that. (laughs) And uh, did, how how did uh, Blaine's room look to you? I thought it looked very blah, but apparently I didn't notice anything because I'm like, God, I did, did I even watch this episode? I did, <laughs> but it was very haphazardly. <laughs> in Lafayette, it's Drag Queen Friday. Lots of new housing with more space. <laughs> Lots of doors slamming in our face. I'll get the terrace apartment. Better get rid of your accent. Life can be bright in America. If you can fight in America 